What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. For this episode, we're just going to talk penis size, Um, which is as good as intro as any. Who the hell am I? Well, I'm I'm Mike Fallick, one of the co-hosts of the Hashtag Cult Podcast, but who is with me? I'm Rachel Klachewski. I'm a sex and relationship therapist. And what an awesome thing that is that we make the show. Seriously, the show is leveled up in knowledge considerably since someone who's i don't know educated is is involved finally um but today is going to be a really interesting thing because i interviewed a friend of mine as a part of this project who was a jehovah's witness who had all these uh, feelings about um uh, you know relationships and things like that and they brought up for the first time on on this entire project he said he's talking about his dad and his relationship with his dad he said and my dad he said, in his words, had a, a big, had a hanger is what he called it. <laughs> and he said he didn't. And this inspired a whole talk in 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 my group of people that I bounce things off of and talk about this with. And then finally approaching Rachel in one of our episodes, which is how much, if we're going to talk about people, angry men on the internet, how much does penis size have to do with it and obviously rachel and i can't answer that question fully but we can learn about today how penis size affects men's mentality so broad broad strokes how does it affect men rachel it depends how inundated they are with uh hegemony so Thing is, if you give into society's ideas about what a real man is, you then absorb the concept that a large penis makes you more of a man. And the diphallic dude is, you know, a whole other concept of man uh, because he has two penises and apparently they're both quite large. So, you know, if you're feeling insecure about your body, and that's just any human being, um, that's going to show up in your relationships and how you perceive things going in the world. I want to jump in for people who didn't know about this as not just a medical phenomenon, but a very popular internet thing. Um, you, there's a, a, a gentleman who revealed uh, to, to Reddit that he has uh, two penises. And I, I have you not seen the, the photos? Oh, I have seen them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are. They are. They are two penises that I think anyone would say are large. Um, so yeah, it it is. It is a really. That's an interesting thing that you that 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 
of course you would think that that impacts how people view sex because he, he someone thinks they have one small feels they have one small penis the existence of a guy with two pretty big penises is is actually uh could be really demoralizing yeah in some way I, I'll say this. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode, and, and this is it, it's sort of me talking, but it's in the form of like a, a question to you. It's like, we did this whole thing about, you know, we're doing this investigation. And this is, I, you've noticed, I haven't said go back and li- fans of the show will hear. I'm not saying go back and listen to the first episodes because I actually do think this is appropriate to talking about penis as a standalone episode. Um, it, 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 we did this whole investigation into this group of men who were being sucked into this cult on the internet and clearly being affected by fake rumors or uh, false reinforcement, whatever you want to call it, um, brainwashing, really, about sex was a big part of it. And I tried to be and avoid for as long as possible the question and the derogatory statement that many people would probably say, which is like, I bet they're upset about their penis size. I tried mm-hmm. to avoid this for the longest time. And I felt as though around projects like this, there was only two camps. There were people who were avoiding the question entirely. And then there were camps of people dismissing it and saying they had small penises. And there was nobody, again, <laughs> saying, well, well, we're not saying either of those things. But like, how would a man be affected by feeling like they had a small penis? Do you feel as though we actually address this in a legitimate way in society that someone might be hurt this way how what is what's your view i guess i'm saying on society at large media at large no pun intended i wish i had um in terms of like this sensitivity that someone could have so i think societally we do a very poor job of discussing penises Uh, We use a lot of body shaming and, you know, body shaming is a common feature in our media, right? We do that with fat folks. We do that with short folks. We do that with folks that don't seem particularly um, attractive by the standards of our media. And so penis size is just another way to body shame people. And I do see people that I generally agree with politically going into body shaming, and I make an effort to call them into that bias. You know, saying, oh, he's probably upset about his penis is actually not making anything better and is also possibly true. So why would you exploit that to make a point? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's this thing, right, where it's like, we are very able to say it as a joke, which is like, sometimes there's some arguments from people in my field, which, you know, I, I sort of straddle this line between entertainment and documentary. There's people in the entertainment side who will argue that, yeah, okay, good, the joke is out there. Now, there should be equal amounts of healing if it's an actual problem. And I'm glad you said it the way you did, because that's exactly how I feel, which is that, like, the joke is there, and then there's no, like, okay, but what if that's true? There's no, okay, well, they might be, you know, and, like, like, let's say you're making fun of one of the many people who have turned violent in these cults that we're talking about, incel, MGTOW, um, red pill in general. You're talking about these people and you say they're upset about their penis size. Well, what, well, do you 
person making that joke have some action to make them feel better? Because if that was true, surely then your next sentence, if someone was asking about this joke, would be, here's what you should do if that happens. Here's how we can stop that from happening. And surely you're not so blasé that you don't think if that was really the problem, we could probably try and fix that. Um, Right. What well, does that process? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, penis size is just one aspect of the problems that these men are carrying, right? Like penis size might be the body shaming aspect of it, but it always goes deeper than just that. And I think that we need to recognize that this is not a simple issue. It is not like, oh, there's this one person and he has this one problem. You know, like, first of all, you can't really functionally fix a penis that is not large. I also don't like to use the word fix because I don't find small penises a problem. You know, we all have bodies and they all have their needs and that's what they are. Like our bodies are facts of reality. There's no moral value to our bodies. And I think that that's what we really need to be pushing. So instead of... um you know, somebody making the joke and then telling them, you know, what that person should do to to fix their problem, you know, uh, like, it's reasonable to have that problem with the way we talk about penises. It makes sense that somebody would feel insecure about their penis if their penis is not large or something that they can, you know, show off about in terms of, you know, when they are thinking about their bodies. Um yeah. So it is reasonable for them to feel insecure. And it's not about like, okay, go work on your insecurity. That's not what we tell them. And, right. and also because they don't acknowledge that they're insecure, that is weakness. We're talking mm -hmm. to a group of people whose insecurity is not just their penis size. It's what that represents. A small penis represents a weakness and it represents, you know, like our concepts of women, um, it's really interesting because uh, Emily Nagoski talks a lot about this right at the beginning of Come As You Are, that, you know, the reason women's bodies get treated differently and the reason we kind of eliminate sexuality from women is because their body parts, right, like their genitals are internal, whereas men's are external and you can see them. And so we assume that men are more sexual. And we really have to go all the way back to the beginning of our language. The nerves that control our genitals are called pudendal nerves, coming from pudenda, the Latin root, uh, the Latin word for pudenda, which means ought to feel shame. And that's what, how they referred to genitalia of people assigned female at birth. Right. So that's how they referred to vulvas and vaginas. But the thing that, is that was meant to sorry, I have a question that yeah. was meant to indicate like um, external or internal. So it's like the reverse would be it's some somehow proud. Is that that's yes, what exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. So, so the one is one is out there and one's a sh that's interesting. Exactly. So the more out there you are, the more proud you would be. And if yours isn't out that much, then you are more like a woman. You have like, you ought to feel shame. And this is embedded in our culture because it's embedded in our language. 
it's interesting too because from an artistic standpoint you know there's been quite a bit of 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 much smarter people talking about the idea of women's body representation being this ridiculous line to cross of you should be showing stuff so we know you're sexy but because like we won't like you if you're androgynous but then like don't show too much because then whatever yeah so whatever but with men it's interesting because there's a long history of sexually explicitly like in pornography and in a boasting way Mm -hmm. having showing large genitals and then implicitly like with obelisks and things like that showing um you know uh, big genitals but especially in western art there's a long history of making men's genitals small in representation the most famous one would be the michelangelo's the David. david and the the david's penis is small because people at the time did find on sculptures big penises to be garish and not sculpturally and not what you sculpted naked people as although there were the still i i believe from what i've been told about i know more about the art at the time than the the people well it's still the same shaming yes and and it's also indicative of a lack of self-control we need to recognize that the david is after right like um it was a greek or roman i always get the two mixed up um, yeah. but the belief of the body was that you're supposed to have command and control over it. This is why muscular bodies were very much, especially for men, <laughs> were very much what they were, you know, perceiving as the ideal man. Um, and you can't have control over your body if your penis is so large, um, at least while it's mm. flaccid. They would never show an erect penis on one of these sculptures or paintings. Right. And And nowadays we see, you know, the same thing that it carries forward in exactly what you're saying athletes and uh ballet dancers and things like that it's somewhat lewd the idea that you wouldn't have underwear strong enough or, or and the same goes with women you know of course i think that always gets covered up whenever we talk about underwear that sort of tucks penises out of sight you know mm-hmm. women have genitals that don't necessarily always tuck away so easily and we just as much cover them up which there's a, a, a sexual a privacy element to all of this as well, but we're talking more about art and the, the performative element that we're, you know, covering things, things up exists to, to this day. A sexy photo of a man, even an underwear model, is uh, there isn't too much explicitity in the crotch area. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, I guess on top of that, you brought up a good point of a pet peeve I have language-wise that I hear all the time because you talked about flaccid penises. Mm-hmm. A, gr- a grower, not a shower is one of these phrases that drives me as a pedantic person crazy because it implies, it, first of all, because in terms of your expertise, it implies zero knowledge as to what gives a penis its size. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like like especially since a man says it there's this feeling that happens in me when they say it as so I'm like don't you know how your penis works? Don't you know like that it's if it's not grown at all like all penises look really small. You that, that it can you know aren't you aware that if you go in cold water it's 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 so it's like it it, it, it blows my mind because it then also implies that there's somehow 
it, it, it makes me be empathetic even more and relate even more to the conundrum that the female body has of don't show too much, don't show too little, don't show whatever, because Absolutely. it's like there, there exists this fictional flaccid form of my penis that is like, it's, it's growing obviously from being really shrunk and small and, and, you know, tiny, but somehow it's the right amount that would, I would show someone my flaccid penis and say like, yes, mine's a shower in the instance that it's this much erect. Like it's so, it drives me crazy. I think it's because it sounds so apologetic over a small flaccid penis Right now, there are flaccid penises that are just naturally a little bit longer than others, right? Like, we've seen this, we know this. Um, and some will literally get much longer when erect, you know, like during tumescence. And then, you know, others that don't get as large, you know, that much larger when, when erect. But the whole thing is that it sounds apologetic. I'm a grower, not a shower. Like, why do you, why are we saying this? Why is this even a thing? It's because they're trying mm-hmm. to explain why their flaccid penis is a, a small size. Hmm. Yeah. That, that then you would only walk around totally erect. Um, and I will say this while we're, while we're sort of passing by art at this point and then to go more into the, the therapist point of, of uh, the therapeutic side of, of this, um, I, I will say and admit that my education is mostly about um, animation in terms of art and film. Um, and I will say I have a very small knowledge about um, uh, the African continent and the Middle East. And I do know that a lot of representations of penises come out of there uh, more uh, proud and more explicit. Um, uh, so we will say that that's a, a bias on my part. And maybe I will at the end or even in editing drop in some stuff I learned about uh, arts where penises are more large and more explicit. Um, maybe that'll happen right here. But I don't, want, I don't want people to hear the episode and just be like... Uh, what about this culture that will like sculpt right. on big erect penises? So well, I just mean, saying that now. I, I definitely recognize that like we are speaking from the narrow lens of the world that we are currently living in. Um, I personally cannot speak to, you know, cultures outside of that, outside of us as as thoroughly or with as much nuance um, as I am now, simply because I have right? Only this perspective of research and again, language. Um, In other cultures, they will not speak the same way about body parts as we will simply because they're different cultures. It's probably for you too, a little bit practical to be more concerned about, you know, the locale of the patients you're going to see. Because that's going to dictate your ability to understand what's going on in them. Yes. You know, it probably take a a great deal of research to have a, a, a foreign patient and really relate, you know, someone flown in, not necessarily someone foreign living in America, you'd be able to relate on that stance, but someone flown in randomly dropped in your office, it would probably be a little bit difficult. Right. And that's where I would take a more curious and narrative lens where first out of transparency, I would say, hey, I don't know much about where you're coming from. Are you sure you want to work with me? Because it'll require a lot of education. And then I ask a lot of questions if they're still interested in staying in therapy. It's, it's a really, it's a re- I learned something every time I talk to Rachel, some element I didn't think of. So let's, 
let's get down to nitty gritty. Someone comes, maybe a maybe a couple. Let's let's give it for the way that is sort of we're going to say this. And uh, let's start with this way because this is what mainly affects the groups that we've talked about. These men centric heterosexual men centric cults. A straight guy in a couple is in the office and self-consciousness on penis size comes up. How does that manifest? Is it ever said in any explicit way? Well, it depends. Um, If they're coming for sex therapy, I will explore some relationship to your body kind of questions. Um, And I do that with each member of the relationship, regardless. Um, If it's, you know, couples therapy, I, I would look for, you know, the kinds of aggression that might be happening between them. Um, is it mm. sexual? Is it resentful? What's really going on? I also find that if it's a heterosexual couple, it's usually the girlfriend or the wife who says, I don't understand why he feels so self-conscious about his penis. It's really the perfect size for me. And I hear that all the mm. time. And a lot of men are like, don't say it's the perfect size for you. Like as if they need to meet mm. some random standard of how perfect a size should be. That's really interesting that it, it that there's this uh, feedback loop of like, it, it it's perfect for you, which means that in theory, my penis isn't that great compared to other penises, but you're, you, it's, it's like, they view it as like the only reason it works is because you're some freak who likes this size of penis. Uh, right. Or yeah, like the way a mother thinks that her child is amazing. You know, um, yes. like, of course you think that you're my mom, you know, of course you think that you're my girlfriend, but like, she also doesn't have to be your girlfriend anymore. It's not your penis. That's making her not want to be there. It's everything else around your insecurity and how you behave around it. That makes her say, I can't deal with this. Let's go to therapy or break up. It's, it's also interesting too, because Hey, if you're related to me, Turn off the show at this point, because I have decided before this that I'm going to talk about more explicit things uh, because it makes it more relatable. I also wanted to do this episode to turn off now. I also wanted to do this episode because I feel as though um, myself, I, I felt as though this deserved empathy because I have... a a larger than average situation. And what's interesting is I'm also a very confident person. And the number one thing that women will say is quite the opposite of what men feel. And I had a lot of empathy for it because I've heard this thing of like, it's the perfect size for me or, or, oh, you know, I like, I like this penis or these sort of apologetic ways of like, oh, well, sometimes it's too big. The thing that I will hear more often is like, well, how did you know you had a big penis? Mm -hmm. And so that's this really interesting way to look at it, right? Like, hey, this societal thing is so screwed up that even girls who don't have a penis are like, wait, well, how did like, it's so impossible to, I will, I, this pun was intended. It's so impossible to penetrate this idea that it's actually just as much of a mystery that you're confident in the size of your penis. It's, 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 it's coming from some external source on both sides. 
you know, it's, it's there's no real answers to where you're getting that idea from. It's also or where a you're problem. able to feel that. Right. And it's also a problem of men not actually listening to women, but speaking to other men. Right. Right. Oh, totally. Because there's obviously men with penises many times larger than mine. And those people exist out there. But I, I don't sit around saying my penis is small. I'm able to, and I, I think that that's part of it, is feedback from the people around me and my actual experiences. But like, yeah, obviously there exists one guy with the world's largest penis. <laughs> like, you know, surely then every man should feel smaller um, than, than that guy. Well, that that's the thing. The whole man does feel smaller, but he doesn't have to. It's just his penis that is smaller. And I think that that's a huge distinction. Notice how men will often anthropomorphize their penises. They will talk about them as, as another being, as another entity of themselves. And mm. on one hand, I understand the idea of externalizing the body and seeing it for what it is, but that's not what they're doing. They're just uh, isolating one piece of themselves and then deciding their entire being should be judged based on this thing that most people don't even see. Yeah. I wonder if that's, uh, is that, is that a result of, uh, prudishness too, in, in, in another way, somehow that like, it's, uh, it's like, you know, the, the, the old term, keep it in your pants that it's like, there's me. And then there's the, the sex me, uh, that's a different entity, you know, I wonder how much of it comes from that as well. Maybe. I mean, we do talk a lot about, you know, when, you know, the other head, all the blood rushes to the other head as if like men can't think when they're horny, you know. And and I do think that some of that is related to the shame around sex because that's not true at all. Men are perfectly capable of functioning with their brains as much as their penises at the same time. Um. But we do like to kind of make excuses for certain behaviors. So now we've the idea has gotten out there. What's the process? What's the road look like in the case of a couple? Which I'm, I'm, I'm I think I asked you this before. I'm not assuming any of this. That's primarily who you see personally as couples, right? Or am I wrong in that? That's what I thought. I thought I'd asked you that in the past. Right now, I'm primarily seeing individuals that mostly happen to be cis women and some trans folks. Um, But that wasn't the case previously. It's just my practice had shifted over time, you know, because of the pandemic. Oh, okay. Yeah. But when I have seen couples, you know, I did mm -hmm. gather a lot of data there. Is there a particular question? No, no. I was just trying to... uh, I actually sort of did a bad journalism thing and should have just asked my question, uh, the setting up question first, which was to say you're who you mostly see. But um, <laughs> so let's ignore me being uh, uh, making a little faux pas. So when someone comes in and they, this comes out, the idea of there's some size self-consciousness, what, it, what does the process look like going from being self-conscious about it to making your way towards feeling confident in that part of your body. And does that actually look any different than any other body part we might feel ashamed of? No, not really. It all is kind of wrapped up in the same 
thing, especially now that men are no longer able to just exist in their appearance the way that they were able to like 30 years ago, right? There's now a standard for men to meet externally and not necessarily in the same rigid standards as for women. Um, and again, I'm really focused on heterosexual folks because gay men have a completely different experience with their bodies. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to just, okay. So as I was saying, the gay male body standard is very different. And while they have a bit more variety within each body type, there's a pretty rigid standard. Um, so I don't want to go into that. It's its own culture. But when it comes to heterosexual men, 30 years ago, you did not have to be a particularly attractive heterosexual man. You just needed other things. Um, and that would have attracted a partner regardless. Today, we do have a little bit stricter body standards for men. Um, as much as there is a standard to like work out and look beautiful, they still get to have the dad bod. It doesn't compare mm -hmm. to what women are contending with, but they do have stricter standards than they have had before. And so I try to frame it in the same way as, you know, like body neutrality as opposed to body positivity, just kind of like eliminating morality from bodies and body parts for them. Even though, again, like penis size does run a bit deeper I need to get them mm -hmm. on the same page with me by validating their emotional experience and putting their partner on the same page with them. Pretty much every woman understands what it's like to be physically uncomfortable or insecure with one's body. Like mm -hmm. we were raised yeah. in that standard. So if I can frame it that way, I will get a little bit of empathy from, you know, the, the, woman in the picture and that will allow the man to absorb that empathy as hey this might be good for me i face a lot of resistance from men when it comes to shame with their penises so i need to reach them where i can very few men come to me as individuals and when they do it's usually not because they have um shame around their penis size but more about their penis function mm. which is is inextricably in the eyes of society linked it's you know uh, it's it's sometimes one in the same in people's minds yes they do um, they do kind of work together with external forces just as much se sexual dysfunction does um mm. But they're not always like sometimes there was a physical issue that had perpetuated it. And so there are ways to really walk someone through the process when they are open to it. It's just very rare. And it usually happens in the context of pressure. Um, I'm disappointing mm. my partner. I'm about to get married. Um, you know, I'm about to lose this person or I just started dating someone. We haven't had sex yet. So there's usually a lot of pressure that brings men with sexual dysfunction to me personally. Um, I'm sure that if they worked in different contexts, it would be different for those, you know, professionals and providers. A doctor will get a very different communication than I will. Well, Pun most certainly intended, and I'll apologize for it. 
we have gone on much longer than we thought and <laughs> we are definitely going to do a part two of of this thing on penis size because i think it's worth it um because l'oreal you're worth it too man in your penis size anyway <laughs> we we will see you next time when we when we talk about uh more to do with because i think we haven't even scratched the surface uh, on this because we haven't gotten to a lot of different stuff but um we'll see you next time thank you for listening Thank you. If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.